0: honestly be we just want to, to go a little homesick, away from uh, our congregation this morning. It's good to be here. It's been good to be here this week. Well, there's some of us Sunday morning going to your church, Amen, 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 Amen. 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 Your family, Hallelujah. Ones that you share with, ones that. You pour into, but that pour into you. Hallelujah. <laughs> what if we just stand this morning all over the building. Go ahead, stand. We're going to go to the Lord on behalf of his request after we sing this. And I'd like for you to remember these little churches Hampton, Halle. Think about Sop's arm this morning. about Rocky Harbor. You know, this is special. Be crammed in here this morning like this. I believe God really wants to do something. But many of these churches, they only have a few show up on Sunday morning. Sometimes that can be tough. And I'd like for our prayers to be directed in their direction Can we sing that over again before we pray? Oh. For each assembly in this province, Lord, but I especially pray for these little churches in our area. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give strength, Lord, to the pastor, Lord, that stand in the pulpit, and not only the pastors, oh God, but the lay leaders, Lord, the church boards, Lord, those that take on the responsibility, those, oh God, that have a heart for ministry. Lord, I think that here in this morning I pray, O oh God, that an anointing upon him this morning. O oh God, that you would just pour into my brother, Lord, that it would flow out, O you know, God, into those people, Lord, this morning. Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you, O God, for what you've done here this week. Lord, we ask, oh God, Lord, just a blessing upon our brother this morning. Lord, evangelists from our oh God, I pray, Lord, Lord, you give him freedom and liberty today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. We're going to sing. You're worthy of sing it all. Hallelujah. Let's worship Him this morning. <coughs> Amen. Put the prayer cloth under my pillow last night. Hallelujah. Lord, I said, I need help. I've been singing all week. Concerned about my soul, Hallelujah. It's not too bad. I'm gonna sing that I can't sing no more. Hallelujah. You were.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You. Even now, now.
2: Favorite thing to do in grade four? Uh math. Math? Wow. <laughs> impressive. Good. I have something special for you. Okay? You can actually go shopping with that. You can buy yourself some treats. Alright? And we're so glad that you come to Sunday school, you come to Kids Alive, and we are so glad you're a part of this church.
1: <laughs> we're going to
2: pray. Could you stretch out your hand? I want to pray a blessing on Hunter. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for Hunter. I thank you for his life. And now I pray, Father, that you would protect him. I pray, oh God, that you would help him to continue to grow physically. I pray for good health in his body. But most importantly, I pray that you would help him to know the love of God in his life. I pray for the people in this church that will plant Seeds from the word of God in his yes. life. Yes. I pray that they will grow and mature. Yes. And that that Hunter Lord will always know the great love of God. Yes. I pray for his parents today. I thank you for his grandparents who are godly influences upon his life. Yes. And I pray now for every person that was speak into this child. I pray, Father, you would lead guide, and direct them. Yes. And I pray right now that you would bless Hunter. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's give him a big Bless you, my buddy. We're inviting our children to come. And uh, we want to pray with all of you before you go to children's church. So you can just join me at the front. Come right on up. Who's going to be the leader? Come on, here we go. Thank you, Evangelist. Everybody else has fallen down on the job. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> come on in, boys and girls. Anybody else in the congregation wants to come up? I do have something special for you. I know you can't all go to Children's Church, but you can certainly all join me at we had a couple of birthdays in <coughs> Sunday school as well this morning. If we want to show that picture, we have that there as well. Today we celebrated October birthdays. So we do that every month in Sunday school. So if you're not joining us, you need to start coming to Sunday school. All right, we'll get that in a moment. How many of you did something exciting this week? Anybody? Would you like to tell the adults? Um, I went. I went to um. I went to get my mom to do some makeup on me, and that was fun. Okay. <laughs> Now, as they go to children's church, that your word would become alive to them. I pray for their leaders. I pray now that you would speak into their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. 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 All right. You can all go.
3: Amen, God bless them. This is Pastor Jared's birthday. And uh, don't we love and appreciate this precious man of God? And, uh, I just love him so much and appreciate him. I can't put it in words. And we're gonna sing happy birthday now. Maybe I'm spiritually, there's people here from port grave I used to do it in port grave and they didn't get bad with me. So we're gonna sing happy birthday. <laughs> I got to play to him this morning.
1: Let's sing happy birthday to him today. Let's sing it together. Happy birthday.
3: to be able to have him again this week. We have enjoyed the rich word of God that has been delivered to us. Our brother lives what he preaches and he believes the word of God with every ounce of strength that he has. And what he has shared with us has been timely and what we have needed. So we're so privileged to have this brother with us. Will you give him a welcome as he comes to share the word with us?
4: things he has You would stand with me to your feet for the reading of God's. word We're going to read, going to read two passages first Timothy chapter 5, verse 24. first Timothy chapter 5, verse 24, and then we're going to go to the book of Revelation chapter 20. My goodness, what a beautiful congregation this morning. Amen. Amen. Y'all just get ready to get rid of that guy. Just call me up. I'll, I'll come preach to a congregation like this anytime you want to. I'm just kidding. Honestly, I'm not called a pastor. I couldn't put up with people more than a week at a time. You couldn't put up with me more than a week at a time. <laughs> Don't say amen. Don't say amen. <laughs> Praise God. First Timothy chapter five. I I was scared that, that Pastor Andrew was going to leave with the children. She she's one of the best encouragers I've ever had in my whole life. I preach at Porter grade. We go over to the parsonage. She's saying, my, I think that's one of my favorite sermons. So now, now I can't, it's got to be in a different category. I can't compete. that That's her favorite preacher. Amen. Pastor White, but next to him, she'd say, that's one of the best sermons I've ever heard. And then the next night, I think that's one of the best sermons. I don't care if y'all like me or not. If she says that every once in a while, I'll just say, okay, I can preach a little bit more. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I started walking out with the children. I said, oh, Oh, I don't know if I can preach it. Pastor Andrea's not here. Amen. You've been a beautiful congregation this week. How many of you have been in every service of this revival thus far? Praise God. Thank you for your faithfulness. Praise the Lord. Some have driven in from Springdale, uh, Beachside, every single service. Thank you, my friends. And for all those that have given, God richly bless you and overflow your cup. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 24. Some men's sins are open. Beforehand, going before to judgment, and some men they follow after. Some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment, and some men they follow after. And Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11, the book of Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11, the Bible said, I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their words. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second day. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you for how you've moved us far in this service. We ask Lord now for a heavy anointing. A strong anointing. We ask You, Lord, to do the work of men's souls that can only be done by Your Spirit, For You, through conviction, lead us closer to You. Do it, God, for those that do not know You. Do it for the saint who has known You their whole life, God. Draw us close to You this morning by the cross. Anoint now this messenger of clay. God, minister through me, God, as You see fit. In Jesus' name we pray. God's people said, amen. 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 And that you can be seated. I love ministry in Canada, I love ministry in Newfoundland, but there are things that I am not accustomed to. You make things, salads, out of mustard and beets and puddings out of things. I thought puddings were just desserts, but y'all make some puddings, I don't even know. I don't know how to communicate to my tongue in advance what to expect. It's just completely different. And, uh, but then most of the stuff, most of, I I don't know, most of the stuff is so good. I know, like I told you last night, I couldn't preach here very long. I'd have to get a whole new wardrobe. I would not fit in my clothes anymore. But there are things that that we have in the South, that you're foreign to, I'm sure, uh, if you ever come to my house, I'll have my mom cook some tomato gravy and rice for you with fried pork chops and, and, oh, come on, somebody, sausage gravy and biscuits. If you think southerners are lazy, don't judge us too much. We just pour concrete into our bellies for breakfast. Our gravy's is so thick. And, and sweet tea, when we say tea, it doesn't come hot, it comes iced with with the half sugar, half tea. Amen, it's wonderful. But there's another thing about the South that is quite different. We beat our children. (laughs) My father said, I will not spank you. A spanking involves a hand and a little pat, which only makes children cry all the louder. He said, you will get a whooping. I think y'all call it a trimming. At least you did before it became illegal in Canada. I don't know the current state of affairs, but... He said, you will get a whooping. And he's, he must have thought I was a genius. He said, I should not have to explain to you why this is wrong. I'm not counting to three. You're not going in timeout. You should have known in advance it was right. He just thought I was a genius. I knew right from wrong from birth. So there was no advance warning. And In fact, my father is a rather large man. And so when he removed... <laughs> The item of persecution from his midsection, it it, it hit every bell loop on the way out, and to you it might sound like a man removing his belt, to me it sounded like the cracking of thunder, and I would feel my knees and bowels giving way as I was anticipating the judgment that was to come. The worst part, though, was not the whooping. If it was up to me, I would have just said, give it to me, get it over with. The worst part was when he said, take my belt, or worse than that, go to my closet, get my belt, knock your mama's skinny belt, get my belt, go to your bedroom, sit on your bed, and wait for me. And there, I held the item of my destruction as I waited. I did not believe in purgatory, but if purgatory existed, that was it. Waiting for the judgment that was to come. I don't know why it is in my makeup to just want to get it over with. Whatever is coming my way, if you're mad at me, don't hold it against me. Just walk up to me, get it over with. I don't even like people to text message me, I I have something I need to talk to you about. But just talk to me about it. I've got a question I need to ask. Oh, what is it? Oh, I'm at work now, I can't ask you right now. Why did you have to say that? Now I'm gonna live in anxiety the rest of the day. Well, we were having pizza for dinner. I just wanted to ask you what was on the pizza. And you had to lead in with that? I have a question to ask? don't, don't say something like that. Just ask the question. Amen. I, re- I remember going, I went to a very large school. And the high school had 7,000 students in it. And uh, there were three Robert Martins. So every time the principal came over the intercom and said, Robert Martin, please come to the office. Oh, I was a nervous wreck. I get up there, and that guilty conscience, I just confess things that I don't even, nobody even cared about. I, okay, I put gum under the desk. I'm sorry. It was six months ago, and you finally found it. You did a DNA test. It was me, not my brother, not my sister. It's me, oh Lord. And and they would say, it's not you. It's the other Robert Martin. I, when I feel that there is something coming up, I just want to get it over with. Can I get a witness, anybody, just a little bit And Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, there's some that deal with their sin in advance. There's some that expose it to the Lord, and it's dealt with. And there are some that it follows after. He speaks to us of judgment. We have recently, in the United States of America, had hearings on whether or not a man was worthy to sit in the highest court of our land to be in the Supreme Court, when he is in that position, he will be there for life until he removes himself. They went through over 300 court cases to see what decisions, what sentences he had passed and the opinions that he had written about those cases. They fine tooth combed his life to see if he was worthy to be a judge. And as I sat and watched those hearings, all I could feel in the frustration of my spirit is no man shall be found worthy to be a judge. We have to have some courts. We have to have some system of government. But friend, there is only one righteous, worthy judge. He says in Romans chapter 3, Romans chapter 3 and verse 3. For what if some did not believe? Paul writing saying, what if if people contradict God? What if they disagree with God? How many know there's a lot of people that do disagree with God and with His Word? What if some did not believe? What if they disagree? He said, would that make the faith of God? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. You can disagree with God, but you're never going to win the argument. Mm -hmm. He doesn't just pass some peace treaty and say, well, you have your opinion and I'll have my opinion and we'll just get along like that. Oh, friend, if if they did, he said, what if some did not believe? Let their faith of God be not affected. God forbid. Yea, let God be true. And every man a liar. He said, let the whole world disagree and it's not going to change the rightness of God. Oh, you're you're so arrogant, Brother Robert, to talk to us about this judge. Oh, friend, oh, we are arrogant, being the created ones, speaking to the uncreated one, thinking somehow that we know better than he does. If there is a God, and there is, and he has set forth a system whereby his holiness weighs all things in the balance of justice, we long for justice in our culture because there is so much injustice in the world we we rejoice over the narrative a story a movie a film a book where rights are wrong where the villain is conquered where the hero rises up where something comes to a conclusion because we long for justice but that justice cannot be weighed in the scales of our own balance what god has said is the only truth that shall surely come disagree let God be true and every man alive right now the Sun is shining and when the Sun is shining and it's light outside we call it day. but when the sun disappears and it is dark outside we call it night and I can tell you that in the revisionism of our generation people want to call things all different kinds of things Ten years before I was born, they made abortion legal in the United States of America. But in my time, they have made same gender marriage legal. They are changing our textbooks to remove very phrases out of the Mayflower Compact So that our children are no longer reading in their history book what those pilgrims wrote saying that we have set forth to endeavor to establish a new colony for the perpetuation of the gospel, for the glory of God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, that Mayflower Compact is full of Jesus, 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 and they just erase it to put it in the textbook completely different. Why? Because they're trying to call things different. Yeah. A fourth grade teacher came to me the other day and she said pray for me. There's a child in my class that is wanting to change his gender. And it's in the textbooks to say you can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself, whatever gender you're feeling today. Go to the restroom of your choice today. Go to the locker room of your choice today. We're in a precarious age when the Bible said in our day men will call right wrong and wrong right and good evil and evil good. But at the end of the day, it does not matter what you call it. It matters what God
1: called it. And
4: if the whole world says when it's light outside, we want to call it night. And when it's dark outside, we want to call it day. Friend, it doesn't matter what the whole world says. It matters that in the beginning, God said, let there be light. And the light is separated from the darkness. And the light He called day. And the darkness He called night. And if that's what He called it, then that's what I'm going to call it. It's what His Word's going to call it. Let God be true and every man a liar. He has the final say. Amen. We no longer look for heroes that cause us to aspire to... Right and wrong, but we now have elevated heroes where we can identify with them. Even villains seem to always have now a backstory. Well, this is the reason that Maleficent is as evil as she was. It's no longer the, the easy understanding Superman had a moral compass, and, and, and this is right and this is wrong. Now, even the bad guys seem to have good qualities, and the good guys have pride and arrogance and have every kind of moral. Why? Because we don't want to be challenged to change. We want to be understood that even though we have all of our problems, we can be heroes of our story too. Mm. The lines are being blurred between right and wrong so that we can defend ourselves. But if you stand at your own defense, you cannot have an advocate in Jesus to stand at your defense. You claim yourself to be innocent. It's impossible for him to plead your case. But if you go to him and say, I'm guilty, you can get it over with this morning. You don't have to wait up all night wondering if you're going to miss the rapture. You can get it over with this morning. You don't have to, you don't have to shake like I did as a child waiting for my father to bring judgment on my case. No, you can know there is a great white throne judgment. There is the judgment seat of Christ. There is because I got it over with. Glory to God. Hey, Amen. man, I'm going to try to preach the best I can, but i just come to bring a little thought to you. You can get it over with this morning. Amen. And if you don't get it over with, I pray the conviction of God chases you down and overtakes you and makes you miserable until you get it over with. Because I'd rather you be miserable for a season until you get things right with God than you'd be miserable for eternity because you wanted to acquit yourself on your own charges. Yes. That God be true and every man a liar; that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Paul is speaking of God Himself that overcomes our opinions and our calculations of Him. Just like a judge that is to be elevated, they went through three hundred court cases. They read His opinions. They read His sentences. He says, God, you overcome by your sentences, by your sayings, and you are justified when you are judged. How is God the one that's qualified to be the judge? Well, look at his history of judgment. He's never passed judgment out of anger, but instead out of grace and mercy. All of his judgments are accurate and true and redemptive. Think about it. As soon as man sinned, God passed judgment. Had he not passed judgment, he would not be just. He passed judgment and he said, Adam, when you work? The work is not the, the, work is not, it's not the, the, the judgment. Work is not a curse. God works six days. Yes. Work is a blessing. Yes. Ask somebody who's disabled and no longer able to work. Being able to work is a blessing. Amen. The curse was that when you work, your work won't work. But in that judgment, it was an invitation for Adam to come into relationship with God because a farmer can do his best work in the field with a plow, with the soil, with the seed. That if God does not favor him with sunshine and with rain and keeping away fungus and pests of every kind, he will have no harvest. But if that farmer gets on his knees and says, God, I've done my job, but Lord, now I need you to bless, I need you to pour out, or I can't feed my family, it was judgment but it was redemptive inviting Adam back into the world. And the judgment on, on Eve, there'll be pain in childbearing because you're no longer bringing an innocent soul into the world. Now you're bringing a sinner into the world. And in bringing a sinner into the world, you need to be aware that there's pain, not only for yourself, but pain in the heart of God because of the punishment that is increased upon the cross of the sin that will now we have to pay for this child. And when that child begins to grow, lest you think it's just an easy job, you'll remember the pain it brought to take to bring them into the world, and you'll think now it takes equal travail in prayer until they're born again. Amen. It was a curse, it was judgment, but it was an invitation, Mama, for you to be the best intercessor in that family. I love praying with people. I'd rather pray in the altar than preach. If you could just all run up here right now, we'd get by, we'd get out early. You could go home and you could have lunch quicker, but you won't do that. So I've got to preach for three more hours before you come and pray, amen? I love to
1: pray
4: with people in the altar. Put my children on your prayer list. Pray for my children. If I prayed for all the children every day that every mother has asked me to pray for, I there would not be enough hours in the day. I would have to hire 20 full-time staff members to do nothing but pray for children. And all we would be able to do is list their names. God bless Susie and Bobby and Billy and George and all of them. But friend, that does not do nearly as well. But it was redemptive. Oh, but the best part was Genesis 3.15. Theologians call it the Proto-Evangelium. It is the first mention of the gospel in the Bible. The gospel is the good news. Hear me, friend. The good news didn't show up until judgment was passed. And the judgment that brought the good news of Christ is this. I put enmity between the serpent and the woman. Between thy seed and her seed. You shall bruise his heel, but he shall crush your head. Where is the redemption? Where is the message of the gospel? He said the seed of woman. Yeah. Amen. There has only been one woman that brought forth child without the seed of man. A virgin born child of the seed of woman's name. That child's name is Jesus. Yeah. I'm talking about all the way back in Genesis. God the Father said, hey, i got to pass judgment. But in my judgment, there's redemption. There's hope. There's a way out. and go to hell. He's rooting for His mercy to reach you so that you can find a way out. He made a way. It'll be in the last days as it was in the days of Noah. What was that? That when judgment came down, the church went up. (laughs) Glory to God. God made an ark. He made a way. He passed judgment. But in judgment, there was a way of redemption. There was a way out. And it may have been a small church. You don't have to have 5,000. You don't have to have Pe- Peter I mean uh, uh, Noah he didn't he didn't miss anybody he preached to the whole world Peter says for 150 years Noah was a preacher of righteousness he couldn't get him on the boat and he wasn't gonna let him on the boat if they didn't want salvation he didn't just let him on the boat for a penitenti he didn't just let him on the boat for entertainment come on pastors not gonna let him up on this platform just so they can show off their song and dance that Pastor Noah, like Pastor White, has to stand and say, if you're getting in this ship, it's because you want to go up to be with Jesus. Amen. Amen. We could get a bigger crowd if we had more entertainment, if we had more fireworks, if we had more this, that, and the other. Oh, but friend, that's not what the boat's about. The boat's about being ready for the coming of the Lord. Judgment's about to come. The clouds are thickening overhead. Oh, but in the midst of judgment, there is redemption. Amen. When judgment comes down, the church is going up. Amen in the days of Lot. I want you to think about something that happened before the judgment of Lot. Why are you going through these, Brother Robert? Because all the sayings or the sentences of God prove that He is just. If your child was violently murdered and you sat in the courtroom and all the evidence was displayed to undisputably prove the the murderer that he was guilty, and the judge sat in the judgment seat and said, "Well, I mean, I just I'm a good guy, I'm a nice guy, so I forgive you. Let's be golfing buddies. Let's be friends. Let's go out for tea afterwards. I'm, I'm just a good judge." That mother would cry out, "Ah!" Oh! The character of God cannot pass over sin, but in his dealing with it, he's looking for restoration Amen. in the tower of Babel, He said, you have one language and you've brought your minds together to only do what would, what would try to save yourself. So instead of doing what I did in Noah's generation, I'm not going to destroy the world again like that until the last day and I do it by fire. So instead of everyone speaking the same language when I have to purge the earth all at once, I'll separate you into languages. I love this. If you don't sleep on everything else, just wake up for this right here. This, he said, I'll separate you into languages. By separating into languages, if one people became so perverse, so idolatrous, so ungodly, he could deal with it like he did Sodom and Gomorrah. He could deal with it like he did the Amalekites. God said, don't let even one of them live, not one. But he doesn't have to wipe out the whole world because he's put us in pockets and groups by languages. One of my favorite places to preach is in the South Pacific. Places like Papua New Guinea and Vanuatu. Hundreds, thousands of languages in Papua New Guinea. And when you go there, they are one of the most primitive countries in the world. Because if you have a good idea, you can't explain it to your neighbor in another village because you don't have the same language. They're scavengers, they're hunters, and and so they they eat what they can find in the forest. And if somebody says, instead of eating it, what if we take it and we plant it next to our hut, our tent, our village, then we won't have to go scavenge for it. That's a good idea. But he can't explain that good idea to the next village. So they remain primitive. If somebody invents a plow, if somebody invents a shovel, if somebody invents a rake, if somebody invents any implement of farming, they can't explain it, so they remain primitive. Information cannot pass from one group to another. It was God's way of saying If you invent a way to become more sinful If you through your culture offer your children under the sacrifices of idols if you become so ungodly That I have to purge Your people group. I don't have to wipe out the world. It was judgment, but it was mercy and then the entire story of the Bible changed when God entered into the language group of a man named Abram, who spoke Hebrew, and he said, if you will follow me, then I will bless you, I will make your name great, and through you, all the nations of the world shall be blessed, all the people groups, all the language groups, as he saying? I just need one Anybody here speak Hebrew this morning? Aramaic? How many know Jesus didn't preach the Sermon on the Mount? In English. He didn't preach it in Newfe.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: he preached it in the language of those people. And if they would have contained it in themselves, then friend, the judgment of God would have been to annihilate everybody that didn't speak Hebrew and Aramaic. But he didn't. When they got the deposit of the good news and then the power of the Holy Ghost, somebody said, now we're going to, that's what one of the purposes of Pentecost. When the languages were poured out in tongues, they said Parthian Medes and Elamites and Minimalites. Another. Oh, friend, it would be arrogant for us to say we are English speakers, so we are the godly people. Because Jesus didn't preach in English. While Jesus was preaching the Sermon on the Mount, our forefathers were dancing around fires, sacrificing our children unto idols. The very days of our week are a testimony to the idols we once worshiped. We worshiped the different than you or even the immigrant down the road that works with you but to cross over and to bring the good news of Jesus. All the judgments of God, all the sayings of God prove that He is qualified. S.M. Lockridge is an African American pastor that while standing in his pulpit, the Spirit of God came on him and spontaneously began to give this account of our Jesus. I want to read it for you. Because I have no other way to communicate to you how qualified God is to be the all-sufficient judge of the universe. Come on, lift your eyebrows and tune in right here. The Bible says my king is a seven-way king. He's the king of the Jews. That's a racial king. He's the king of Israel. That's a national king. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the lord of lords. David said, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. And he's impartially merciful. That's my King. Amen. He's God's Son, the sinner Savior. The centerpiece of civilization. He stands alone in himself. He is august and he is unique. He is unparalleled and he is unprecedented. He's supreme. He's preeminent. He's the loftiest idea in literature, the highest personality in philosophy, the supreme problem in higher criticism, the fundamental doctrine of true theology, the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. That's my key. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good you choose to call Him. He's the only one able to supply all of our needs simultaneously. He supplies strength to the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and He saves. He guards and He guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses. My king is the key of knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the conquerors. He's the head of the heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. He's the overseer of the overcomers. The governor of governors. King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Do you know him today? Do you know this king I'm talking about? His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes and his word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you but he's indescribable, he's incomprehensible, he's invincible, he's irresistible. I'm trying to tell you the heavens of heavens can't contain him, let alone the man explaining. You can't get him out of your mind, you can't get him off of your hands. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him, Death couldn't handle him. is not going to resign. He is the only one qualified to be the judge of the universe. That's my king this morning. Give the Lord a praise.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're not taking
4: a vote on whether or not you agree for him to be king. We're not taking a vote on whether or not you agree with him. Yea, if the whole world disagrees with him, he shall yet be Let us not be those that the word says they did what was right in their own eyes. It didn't say they did what was wrong in their eyes. They simply became their own judge and in judging themselves thought themselves to be right because they did not check in with God. Hmm. 1
1: Corinthians
4: chapter 4 and verse 3. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of I can almost hear Paul with a sarcastic tone saying you don't like me you don't like the way I preach you think that I'm not doing right I don't care what you think about me it's a very small thing of me to be judged of you or of man's judgment. I love this. He says, yay, I judge not even my own self. He says, you're not God. Come on, would you help me preach this a little bit this morning? Look at your neighbor and tell him, you're not God. Woo. <laughs> you're not God. You ought to look in the mirror and say that to yourself before you go to bed at night. You'll sleep a lot better. You'll stop worrying about all the things that are outside of your control. You don't have to control them. You're not God. God puts you to sleep every night just to remind you that while six, seven, eight hours that you're completely unconscious, He's still causing the earth to rotate on His axis, the sun to rise and set, everything in its constellation. Amen. A, hallelujah. You're not God. That's right. amen. And so, therefore, your opinion is not what defines you. Hmm. We are so controlled by what people think about us, so governed by how many people like our posts, buying clothes, getting dressed, thinking, will other people think I look good in this? What do people think about this decision in my life? What do people think about that decision in my life? Friend, if you serve King Jesus, you will do things drastically different than the cultural tie. They will disagree with you and you shall not fit in, right. but you will have the applause of God. Yes. Amen. I prayed over more than one of these young people this week, laid hands on them, and I said, I pray to God, look at me young people. And they'll make fun and good for you because they're not God and you're not checking in with them on whether or not your life is right. Yes, amen, amen. But then Paul says, I don't care what your opinion is. I don't even agree with my own opinion. <laughs> How many know you're talking to yourself about yourself all the time? And if you're listening to the accuser of the brethren that talks to me about me all the time, he's saying you're worthless, you're no good, you're not good enough, you're not anointed enough, Why? behind you Pastor Jeffrey White we're right. And there's people here this morning that need to get right with God but they think they're okay and your judgment is wrong because you're not right with God. You're not okay. There are people out in, in deer stands this morning, on a moose hunt this morning they think I can just have my own time He said, I don't care if you judge me, Yea, I judge not even my own self. He said, for I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. Wherefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness, and will make manifest the counsel of the heart, and then shall every man have praise of God. Now, I'm not saying we've taken the verse judge not lest you be judged a little bit too far. Mom, dad, if that teenage boy pulls up in your driveway, tattooed head to toe, five inch gauges in his ears, with a cloud of marijuana smoke emptying out of his vehicle, and rap, music, cursing, every other word, coming to pick up your daughter for a date, and your daughter says, Daddy, judge not lest you be judged. Now, you better judge. You shall know them by their fruit. Make none of that fruit, Holy Ghost. There's things that we have to discern. But you can't go to the ballot box and just judge according to party. You have to pray. You can't just pass judgment by what your eyes see, what your gossiper told you in the ear. You have to pray. If I was judge, I could look at all the evidence, but I still wouldn't know. But there is one whose eyes One man preaches for the applause of people and many will give to the ministry and say he's a world changer. But when we get before the, the judgment seat of Christ, the fire will consume and it'll be wood, hay, and stubble. Empty! That's right. And there's another grandma somewhere who nobody knows. No best-selling author. But she's been praying and she's been interceding and God's been using her for years. Maybe... Judgment is looking through a cloud dark, 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 but his judgment is perfect. Isaiah chapter 6, I'll tell you quickly. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, Isaiah said. And the train of his glory filled the temple. And the angels cried out, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. Not loving, 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 not gracious, gracious, gracious not merciful 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 those are his attributes but those are not his character his character hinges on one supreme quality he is holy and with two wings he covered they covered their face because even angels cannot look on the holiness of God and with two wings they covered their feet because even they cannot step and have their steps known in the, in, the, in the proximity of Him who everything He does is holy. And at the noise of those who cried, the doorpost tremble. And what did Isaiah say in response? Woe is me, I am undone, for I am a man of unclean. Why did he say heart? Why did he say cry? He didn't say rapist, murderer. Adulterer, thief. He said, "Lips." Why? Because even our grammar uses the same word for what we say as what judges pass sentences. Your life is full of sentences. Yeah. It starts like this: I think this. I think that. Did I you see? Did you see what she wore to church today? I don't think anybody ought to be wearing stuff like that to church. You're passing judgment. I think they should have sang this song, and then instead of that song, you're passing judgment. I think they should have given me the promotion instead of them. You're passing judgment. Every time you spout your opinion one after another, your sentences are piling up. Like a judge trying to be promoted, they fine tooth comb all of their opinions and all of their sentence. And when Isaiah stood before the holy throne of God, he said, God, I've said so many things that were just my opinion. And they're wrong. Your opinion's the only one that matters. Do you believe If you believe that this morning, then when God calls you guilty, it will be the greatest pain you ever experienced. I'm the one that held the hammer and drove the nail into Christ. I am the guilty one. His opinion says, my sin is gruesome. It's not a small thing. Hear me, young person. The older you get, you begin to experience things that the enemy, The first time you experienced it and conviction came, if you pass over it, you'll grow numb to it until you'll say, all my friends do this. It's normal in our culture. Church people allow it. And when conviction becomes silent, Noah, Daniel, Peter, young men of God, young women of God, when conviction becomes silent, you'll pass over it. And you'll choose your opinion. And the opinion, he said, I'm amongst the people of unclean lips. It's culturally accepted. But if you get in the face of a holy God, He'll say they may do it, but you're not going to do it.
3: They may think it's
4: okay to have a drink every once in a while, but I've called you for something better than that. I ought to be done preaching, but I'm feeling the Holy Ghost wake a moment and just start preaching a whole other message right here, hallelujah. We're going to have a youth conference, just us and you. God's called you to something greater than getting along with everybody else. You'll hear the opinions of schools and the opinions of teachers. And worse than that, you'll probably go to a university where even a Christian university will have professors that say there's nothing wrong with it. And you'll go back to your dorm and your mamas might say there's nothing wrong with it. And your grandparents might say there's nothing wrong with it. But the Holy Ghost of God will be with you. And you have to say, I'm a man of unclean lips. My judgment does not matter. Lord, what do you want from my life? Consecrate me. Sanctify me search me and know me and see if there be any wicked way in me. Yes, there's those cutting themselves. Yes, there's those overdosing on drugs. And if you compare your life to them, you'll say, well, what I'm doing is no big deal. But if you get close to Jesus, you'll realize pride is a big deal. Reaching out for forbidden fruit and saying, I want what I want in my life is a big deal. It's dethroning God from His throne and putting yourself on that. Oh God, he said, "Woe is me." But if his opinion matters, you will be smitten in your soul when you partake in that which is not pleasing to the Lord. But if his opinion matters, when you get under the blood, I preach this whole message to get right here. When you get under the blood and his opinion, his. It doesn't matter if everybody in town still calls you the town drunk. It doesn't matter if everybody in your family still says you're the person that's in your your third marriage. It doesn't matter if everybody everybody you know still says you're the one that made the mistake. You messed up. Oh, it doesn't matter because he not only removes guilt, he removes shame. So you don't hate yourself anymore because God doesn't hate you. Hallelujah. certain tractor line he was in a car with all his other co-workers he felt so good he said let me out I just gotta run for a while he just running beside the truck and then they said what's going wrong with you they said he got saved last night man in the truck said I've had religion for 15 years I ain't acted like that yet oh friend if you really get born again you will hate the sin you once loved you will love God more than all the other options in this world and then you will love yourself because he has forgiven and you can rejoice and let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I am saved because His opinion says so. Praise I have to remind myself almost every time I pray because the devil will come and say, why would you even talk to God? You're not worthy. I just say, oh, no, Romans 8 and 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ. I was preaching out in Colorado Springs. If y'all help me on the music, please. I was preaching out in Colorado Springs, and these, this homeschool family, they said, we have some really cool science videos we wanna show you. And they pulled out a VHS of Moody Bible Institute from like the 1970s. But when you're homeschooled, and you don't have a television to watch channels, you think that's awesome. So I just sat there, eyebrows high, tuned in, With these kids, like this is the best thing I ever saw. And friend, while I was watching, I got convicted. Because this science teacher at Moody Bible Institute said sound waves never stop. They may grow so small you can't hear them, but they continue out into the universe. You know, if the lights were off in here I mean, and the windows were blacked out, I wouldn't be able to see you. What I see is not you. What I see is the reflection of light off of you. And light waves never stop. They may diminish, but they go out into eternity. I heard on the radio just the other day a physicist saying we can now measure, we'll measure the impulses of magnetic waves, of things that have happened in the past. And if we can get a measuring device of the entire universe, when stars were born, what they think when the big bang happened, they, they say, look, those magnetic waves go out and they never cease. They just diminish till they cannot be measured by us. And this Moody Bible Institute guy, listened to me, he said, if you ever wanna look into history, just look at the stars. See, the light's shining, but we're not living in direct sunlight. The light that's hitting us from the sun is already seven and a half minutes old. We're living in the history of what left the sun seven minutes ago. There's stars that are years away from us. The star Rigel is about 800 light years away. Meaning if you're standing on that star right now and you can look. it means that my sin is ever before me and ever before the Lord. Because if I took the Lord's name in vain right now, and you were standing on one of our nearest stars that is about nine light years away, and you could see me, nine years from now, you would see that I took the Lord's name in vain. It means that all the sins of all the earth past echo throughout the universe. All of your sins are right now before the Lord. You've moved on. You've gone forward. You've passed over. You've numbed your conscience. You've got distracted through entertainment. You've gone forward in the busyness of life. But I've come to tell you, until you come to judgment, your sins are before the Lord. The good news this morning, though, is that you don't have to wait for the great white throne judgment. You can get it over with today. There is a judgment that's already been passed. God. That judgment happened at the cross. I said that judgment happened at the cross. Oh, yeah. You want to know what God thinks of sin? Look at the cross. It's gruesome, it's bloody, it's gory. He was stripped of his dignity, he was blindfolded and smacked and said, Prophesy and say, Who smote you? His beard was plucked out, a crown of thorns piercing his brow, anxiety until the capillaries in his blood vessels, in his, in his sweat. Cross for hour upon hour that is God's opinion of my sin and your sin. And if you see it, you can either walk past it, or you can stop and be broken there and say, God, pass judgment upon my sin. Like, like Pilgrim's Progress, you drop off all of your sin right there. Right there you say, God, I don't want to wait for the judgment that's to come. I want to get it over with right now. When you kneel at the foot of that cross, friend, you can just say a quick prayer, but hear me, hear me, hear me. There is a church generation that has to constantly be reminded, you're forgiven, God loves you, it's okay, God's for you. They're not in the aisle dancing when we sing, he set me free, victory in Jesus, I fly away. Why? Because their conscience is yet convinced. The way that you purge that conscience Is you come again to the cross And you stay there until your opinion Agrees with God's opinion And he says you are my child You are forgiven Dr. Cho pastors a church in Seoul, Korea Over a million people He has 700 missionaries Around the world out of his church He has hospitals He has drug rehab He has prison release programs He has so many things going on He said I can't." without being in prayer for five hours every day. Say, so how do you pray for five hours? He says, I start by going to the cross. and many days, I've been there for an hour before I leave. I once have been since you've been to the cross. It's not a one-time trip, friend. I walk in the light as he is in the light, 1 John chapter one. I walk in the light as he is in the light. I fellowship with one another. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from all of my sins. Because it's not a moment in the blood. It's a walk in the blood. Cleansing my conscience. Cleansing me of shame and guilt. Cleansing me when people accuse me. And the enemy, the accuser, the brethren accuses me. And I say, oh, but no, I live at the cross where I agree that you say I am forgiven. If my sin has filled the universe, then now I understand why the Bible says He casts my sin as far as the east is from the west. How far is that? You can't measure it. The sins I committed, nine And forgetfulness. Stand with me to your feet all over the house. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to You are the only righteous judge. You are the only worthy one. You are the only holy one. Oh, there is none righteous, there is none good. You're here this morning, friend. You're not right with God. You're not serving the Lord. You're not in current fellowship with the Lord. You think you've worked it out. You think you've got your own thing going on. Me and God, we we just kind of do our own thing. I've come to tell you it's not your opinion, it's not your system. To give the overwhelming joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm opening these altars. I would that many would come. Hallelujah. Come and spend time with the Lord. Come and spend time at the cross. Come with your spouse. Come with your children. You lifted your hand or you didn't come. The altar's open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Believers come and spend time at the cross worshiping. Amen. From all over this house. Amen. Begin to make your way into this altar right now. In Jesus' name. I just want to spend some time with the Lord before this service is over. I just want the Lord to renew my mind by his word, that I am his, and it matters not what people say, matters not what the devil says, hallelujah, Lord, I just want to hear your voice say and I'm yours, you'll find it at the cross, you'll find it where his judgment was passed, and you can be forgiven, hallelujah, hallelujah. wash me fresh, wash me fresh Jesus, hallelujah, some of you lifted your hand, you need to get right with God, won't you come and join us, won't you come and join us, in chief.